in three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. I forgot to change the banner because I was asleep at the wheel. It's been one I of those days. It. Thank you, Andy. Um, all right, man. We're a week away from the draft. It's come so quickly, it feels like. And uh, this is our third, third of like third of like podcast? five. Third we're five? doing it yeah. all, all next week too. We'll do it next week too. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Third, third, third draft focused podcast. But here we are, an NFL podcast to our bones. And so uh, the NFL draft, of course, is becoming more of a spectacular betting event. Thanks in large part to our friends out in the desert at Circa. And in light of the fact that one week ago I was bellyaching that there just were not enough options and no one would take a fair bet across the prop marketplace. And I want to say it was within 24, 48 hours. We see a tweet come across from the Circa account. Hey, here's 100 props and a $1,000 limit. Have at it. And it was a breath of fresh air to really see someone take the initiative and, you know, kind of really set set some, uh, you know, set some momentum into the marketplace. Because since then, we've really seen it explode across the industry. There's a lot of content now about it as well. To, on top of just, um, uh, you know, we're seeing more prices, more options, fun things to bet on. Uh, the yes, no props that Circa came out with recently were also a ton of fun in terms of what teams are going to bet on offense, defense or positional groups. Yes, no. Um, and so with all that, we've invited on, uh, you know, we talked to talked to our friend Matt Metcalf over there and said, hey, you know, like, you want to come on? We want to ask you about this process. And he, he pointed us in the direction of Mr. Dylan Sullivan. He said, this is the this has been the brainchild of one of our our new risk managers, just Dylan Sullivan. You should have him on. Uh, give him give him the once over, give him the credit he's due and ask him some questions about the process. So with that, without further ado, for the first time ever, welcome to the deep dive, Mr. Dylan Sullivan. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. Great intro. We haven't had a lot of people from the other side. I'm not enough. Our, is, that's for sure. I'm I'm actually wondering, is this our first ever? No, we had uh, Lindemann on. Uh, oh, Linde <laughs> Lind Lindemann counts for sure. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it was somebody yeah. last year. We had, we had, we had Lindemann. Right on. before the pandemic, we had Lindemann on. Who, who yeah, had it, it was on. right before everything shut down. But no, it's exciting to get a different perspective because, you know, we've had pro bettors. We've had just people who, you know, generally handicap things. But it's cool to it's cool to read and listen to other interviews, too, from the other side of the counter. So it'll be fun to, you know, pepper you with questions all night. Yep, yep, yeah, and uh, honestly, a full full um, disclosure here. Um, but I've been betting now for almost twenty years and done a lot of interesting things in the betting landscape. But without question, the biggest hole in my resume, I've never been behind the counter. There's a lot of things I don't understand about risk management and how that plays into everything. Uh, and so I think in general, like a lot of the spirit of what we want to ask you about, what we want to talk to you about today is kind of in that vein. Um, how did you find your way into the risk management space? Is this something you went to college and said, you know, I, you know, and I got a knack for this. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a, 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 a feeling for, uh, for the risk, the old, you know, the, the, um, you know, the way to manage risk and or did you just love sports and, you know, drive out to the desert and bang on the door until they gave you a job? Um, yeah, it's more of the latter. I didn't uh, go to college. <laughs> uh, I just kind of got random jobs out of high school. I, I moved here from Texas about two years ago. So, um, yeah, I didn't really have um, like a career path in Texas. And I just I've always been interested in sports betting. I've been doing it recreationally since I was like 14, probably. And uh, so yeah, I just I tried to come out here and try to work my way into this industry and see if uh, see if they give me a shot. And I started at Circa a little over a year ago as a ticket writer and just worked my way from there. That's that's missing on my resume too. I should just 
one of these times I'm just going to ask Motoy if he'll give me a job over at Winbet. <laughs> write tickets for I'm a couple like, of this. They, they'd hire us. I don't think they write a lot of tickets. It's not even the, they're not even connected to the winners for some reason. I don't know, but I could be a ticket writer. I think I could do that job. That's about as far as I would want to go with it at first. <laughs> I think that's that's easy peasy. You just yell at him about the rotation number and go from there. Yeah, what's the training like for being a ticket writer? Did you have an, a sense of what that was like before you moved out there? Um, somewhat. I mean, whenever I, when I came in, um, it, I picked it up real easily. Um, nothing was more complex than you'd think if you've been betting for a while, I think. So I picked it up right away and um, kind of just tried to do a great job every day until Jeff would let me make my way to the back. Nice. Yeah, I think the biggest part, the hardest part of that job would probably be dealing with the people who come to the counter unprepared or with a bunch of questions. Like I've, I've always ended up behind that person or it's like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going in the next line over because this one's going to take forever. Otherwise. Yeah. It's just, it's more of a customer service job. It's probably good to have to do that before you go in the back too. just so you know what you're like, how you're affecting those people up there yeah. once you start putting together those lines. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think it's important to do that at some point if you've never done it before, just so you can kind of, know what's going on in the front and know what kind of problems or things can happen up there. But yeah, it's definitely a customer service thing. And obviously a lot of these people can test your patience, but overall I enjoyed doing it as well. When you uh, kind of landed at Circa, did you have the understanding going in that these guys were going to try something semi uh, novel, at least in Las Vegas, or at least kind of recapture a lost art for lack of a better term in terms of just, we're going to be aggressive writing action. We just want to write tickets. Like we're going to hang numbers early. We're going to provide more of uh, some insight into what's going on behind the scenes here with our power numbers. Like they've, they've been first to market now for college football for a while. Um, and I guess, you know, have, did you get a sense going in? Like, yeah, this is, this is something cool that, uh, you know, I'll get, get to see more, get to understand more of what it's like to be a true bookmaker than, you know, a lot of other ticket writing opportunities would probably provide you. <laughs> Um, honestly, I probably was my, I wasn't that advanced. I really didn't know the difference of like what we're doing and what other shops are doing. So I, it was actually pretty lucky that I ended up here compared to somewhere else, I guess, because I, I didn't really know the industry on that level at the time. So I've definitely learned a lot in the last year, a couple months, but yeah, it's been great. It's like uh, the guy going looking for a job on an assembly line at any old auto automaker, and he ends up at Tesla. So good, <laughs> yeah, good work yeah, exactly. there. Like, yeah, you nailed it. That worked out. So that's well, pretty cool too. And yeah, we're still. Uh, I don't know. The, the whole thing last year kind of ruined it for us, but we we still will make it out to the swim thing. What's it called? The Stadium Swim. Stadium Swim. Yeah. Yeah, stadium Swim. Thank you. I know that sucks that they put all that time and effort into that, and then. The, the first year of it kind of ended up a little quashed, but eventually we will be out there. Yeah. What was it like this fall, right? You know, on an, on a, um, uh, on a, the normal-ish NFL weekend that you guys had this fall? Um, I would say it was pretty, pretty steady, pretty busy. Um, Over-the-counter action wasn't quite what you would expect it was, but, you know, everywhere is going to the app mostly now anyways. So uh, watching the bet ticker on an NFL Sunday an hour before the game, it's just nonstop. So it was, it was good. Okay. Can you provide people a little bit of insight, uh, given what you understand about being behind the counter? Um, we, as we talked about this on, on uh, Monday, trying to dispel some of the myths of reverse line movement. It's fair to say that really the entire point of price discovery and putting your lineup early and taking big bets early is getting to the point where you have the correct line come Sunday morning when all that action really starts flying. That's that's effectively the name of the game, right? Pretty much, yeah. All right. So even if you know what percent of the tickets or what percentage of the money is on any given side, it doesn't change the fact that any bet made on Sunday morning from the bookmaker's perspective, you're saying you're betting a coin flip on a with a minus one ten price. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how books stand but <laughs> Okay, thank you for for fulfilling our uh, closing the loop on our our Monday uh, episode there. Um, anyway, <laughs> what got you into uh, draft props? Were you a college football guy? And you know, I guess, and when you were when you were originally betting uh, back in the day, uh, mostly football, mostly college, some NFL, a little bit of um, both. Actually, I probably like am more familiar with the NFL than college football, 
but I think it kind of ties in with draft props. I think, I think the NFL draft is, it's, it might be more important to know the, the NFL situations than how good these college players are. Cause I'm not a scout. Um, it, it's more important to know what NFL teams tend to do, what kind of draft assets they have, what, what are their biggest needs, things like that. And then you can kind of figure out what level these prospects are on from looking at other people's work in a way. The biggest, the biggest fly in the ointment and kind of the argument that, I mean, Drew, you had this argument on Twitter with some people and it's why offer these because, you know, and because, you know, a big part of the argument, the counter argument to what Drew was saying was like, Joe Schmo isn't going to come up here and bet some of these down the board draft props. Like you're not going to get a ton of public action on maybe stuff outside of top 10 players. Like this is going to get hit by sharp betters. And if you're offering a decent limit on something like this, like what advantage is that to a book? Like a, a book should get killed on these essentially if not killed, but like it shouldn't be as advantageous as the major market stuff as, you know, an NFL Sunday where the public comes in and just dumps money at a, you know, a 5% hold. So I mean, why? <laughs> um well uh, so originally i kind of just asked what we were doing for draft props this year and um nobody uh, our sportsbook manager chris bennett he said my hands are kind of full right now so i might get to it in a week or so if you want to like get ahead of it and then go for it so i kind of asked him i i honestly didn't know how to do this stuff so i asked him some of the stuff that he did last year and kind of looked at some of our old numbers from last year saw what people were betting saw how he came up with some of his numbers and I was going to offer a similar menu to last year. And then a, like a day or two before um, we opened them, Matt Metcalf said, I'm, I'm in favor of having a market on any player that people know of. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, sweet. Awesome. Um, so I started digging through prospects, looking at big names. Uh, obviously, a lot of position players like wide receiver, quarterback, course, those yeah. are the more popular ones. And I came up with a list of 100 guys, and he was. I said, is this cool? And he said, yeah. So I started putting some numbers together, and we opened them up uh, last Saturday. I love it. Um, do you feel like uh, as you've seen bets come in? Because, again, you know, my, my thesis was always like, yeah, it's it's a loss leader, though, right? Like get people oh, in I mean, the door. Get people in the door. Get them betting again. Like there's a lot of people out there that really only care about football. They really they haven't they haven't scratched the itch since the Super Bowl. Like get them in the door. Get them betting again. You know they'll they'll roll some of these winnings into you know futures propositions, game of the year stuff when that comes out. You know in in a, in a couple of weeks. Like you know it definitely helps start the cycle. And um and on top of that, like I figured. You know, hey, but you might get a bunch of action day of. People are probably going to go down to the book and watch the draft. Like, it's going to, there's going to be some people that show up on Thursday and make bets. Like, put numbers out there, get the price discovery out of the way, you know, take some action, move the numbers, get land in the right spots. And then on Thursday, you might get a, a decent proportion of the overall action, uh, you know, and then. You know, presumably a ton of that is plus EV for the book. Is I guess what would you guess right now the split's going to be in terms of tickets you've written so far in the price discovery phase versus what you're going to do in the last 24, 48 hours? Well, unfortunately, Nevada game makes us close all the props 24 hours before the draft starts. Oh. <laughs> it's better than Iowa gaming. So, uh, so yeah, we have to close on Wednesday at 5 p.m., but I'm hoping Monday through Wednesday next week is going to – it's going to be kind hot, of pick yeah. it up as far as the recreational action, but I still think even if that kind of goes favorably for us, we're still going to have definitely more sharp dollars on the on the props overall. Mm, okay. Yeah, I I, uh, I drove to Iowa today to realize that they still hadn't changed anything from last year. I'm like, oh yeah, I couldn't bet this last year. I'm, I'm I got a bunch of apps open. I'm like, God damn it! There's it's. It's 25 minutes one way. I was kind of pissed, but uh, that was my, that was what my afternoon was. So I and I understand you do need a little more. I'm never pro regulation, but I can understand this one, like it because it's it's an informational thing rather than a game that's played on a field later on. So I'm I'm fine with. It. I'm not fine with the fact that like Pennsylvania, Iowa, some other states aren't letting them bet on this at all. But I am. I guess I'm okay with that. It does kind of suck for your handle though, because Thursday you would kill it. Yeah. Yeah, but part of me, part of me is glad because 
you're just staring in front of Twitter on Thursday, if that's the case, and it's going to be the same yeah. Wednesday. It's, it's a little bit of protect, yeah, protect you a little bit in some sense because yeah. stuff right. does leak the last 24 hours. There's some leaks for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, the, that's what uh, we'll be doing, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be worried about my risk management, though. That's for damn sure. Um, okay, the, um, I, I guess if you step back and kind of think about the overall, the way the market's been structured, early on, there were lines up on first player drafted was Lawrence. Everybody knew it. I doubt they were writing much action. You don't want to lock up huge prices for months as you wait for the draft to come around. But we did see... Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, do we did see some stuff like uh, uh, Zach Wilson opened up minus one fifty, minus one seventy five back in the February time frame, and as kind of consensus became that he was going to be the number two overall to the Jets, uh, you know that's drifted out to like minus five thousand. Um, you taking any action against that uh, as the number two overall pick? Because I, mean, I guess we think it's consensus that the Jets are taking Wilson too, but. I mean, it should it be more it's, than ninety five. It's the super. It's the Super Bowl safety bet. Like if some, if you know, again, if public walks in, they're like, "Well, I'll, I'll take the other side of that," you know, because they see the big number. Right. Well, I I actually didn't even bother putting up Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson because there's nothing I could find that suggested there was any other options that those two teams are going to take. So I didn't want to waste two two of the one hundred spots on sure things and. I'd either be handing out free money or if we get scooped that Zach Wilson got in a car accident or something, then we're handing out free money the other way. I just didn't think it was really worth it. That was, that was pretty sharp. So then then everything comes down to number three with San Francisco and uh, yeah. who they take at quarterback. Um, there are some sharp offshores that were taking $1,000 a pop on that, and uh, they took that down and did not rehang it uh, in terms of the third overall market. In fact, the most you can get down anywhere online in the Justin Fields or a Mac Jones bed is about two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, although you could hit both, you know, you could hit multiple skins. Obviously, you can you can get more down if you really care about it. But uh, there's really not a big market for Justin Fields. But you guys are taking some bets, and it looks it's been an interesting um, you know market cycle here for Fields. Over three and a half is now down to, is is up to minus two twenty. So there's some pretty serious momentum uh, and some people in the market who are buying into this is potentially uh, an uncertain pick. This is not Fields to San Francisco. Um, I'm on the other side of that in a lot of ways, the way that I've allocated my capital. But, uh, it, you know, I guess, are, are you seeing any two-way action there? Or is this, you know, mostly one way uh, Fields is going to slide out of that three slot? It's mostly one way that he's going to slide out. Um, we have gotten, uh, like, a handful of bets back on the under, but I think... Uh, from watching the market those are just scalpers uh betting off off of other books so (laughs) it doesn't seem like too many people have that opinion that he's going to go number three overall at this point but it's uh it's like a constant conversation in the room um like that if it keeps moving we're going to have to probably take all three of those quarterbacks down and reevaluate the way we want to hang their numbers yeah yeah um, the is yeah, any echoes from just the fact that there were were pl- times you could get a bigger number on fields to go through it overall and that there might be some people playing in arbitrage here? Um, well, when I first – I didn't look at any other shops when I made my numbers. Sure. But I, I did look before I actually opened them just because I wanted to be aware of possible scalps and what, what kind of action to expect based on the current market. Um. So I, I knew we were going to get some fields bets right away just because I think market was like minus 140, minus 160 for him to go third overall. Um, and we hung like a plus 160, I think. So I anticipated a little bit. Um, I didn't think we'd get quite as much as we got. But on the other hand, we're not getting any under bets on Lance or Jones really at this point. So I don't think anyone really knows, and no one wants to just throw darts right now. They're kind of just sticking around waiting to see if any news breaks out. What what you said there, too, about taking those markets down, reevaluating how you want to hang them, that was a question I really wanted to get to. And maybe it maybe it's a little more useful if we talk about some of the guys who are down the board day two, day three guys, some of the, some of your hundred that are, you know, obviously not going on day one. And that gets even trickier too, because there can be so many trades and so much can go on, but you know, uh, NFL side, you have to move an NFL side, you index, you index it. Finally, you're going to have to move it a half point. 
Like it's it's getting bumped. You're moving at a half point because that's how it works. With this, it's not all. It, you know, it's not the same way. Like, well, you know, if, if this lineman keeps moving to the over, we can't just move him like a half spot or up one spot. Like that next team has no interest in a lineman or you know something along those lines. Is that kind of what you're talking about with those quarterbacks? Like, like the three and a half numbers might have to just go out the window, and all of a sudden we open it up at a five and a half minus fifty or something. Right. Um, I think. If I if I get to the point that we have to close them and reopen them in a different form, I would do it in a form of a matchup with each other mm, instead sure. of an over under. Ooh, what about uh, one market that is a trifecta, basically correct order of these three? I've you thought about hang, that as you well. You can hang six. You got six options. Uh, you build a little nice, a little we bit more. We should create some markets that. tonight. Yeah, let's yeah, do this. yeah. That'd be. I do, yeah, I do think fun. I've seen that one out there. Uh, I don't remember what book it was with, but yeah. I, I think I've seen that one. That, that one's pretty intriguing. I've there's seen a couple that, with yeah, every combination. There's there's a couple that have done like custom bets, and I, I feel like people are getting jobbed on those because you don't get to really see the math unless sure. you take it apart and do it. And it's it's kind of like those same game parlays. Like people look at how big this number is. Like, yeah, you, you're probably getting like really jobbed on that number. But they have had. I've seen some of those like uh, books have let you do a custom bet where somebody picked like the first six in order and mashed it all together. And I, I forget what it paid, but it certainly wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd like the trifecta one, like the quarterback trifecta one, take out, take out the first two, like get rid of, you know, same like you did get rid of Wilson, get rid of Trevor and then take the next three quarterbacks. What order do they go in? I like that a lot. That should happen. Yeah. This that's is, a fun I'll, one. I'll fly out. <laughs> oh yeah, and well, yeah, I remember I guess, this. People had this last year. Rugs, Judy. Oh yeah, Lama. yeah, yeah. That was, I, we were was betting one. that that did not go. <laughs> that did not go how anybody. I did not it have it. Go. That was nope. that was probably we the long shot up, of, of the orders. That was definitely the long shot of the orders. Um, okay, so I don't know. I'm I'm still. I mean, at this point, I'm talked out on the field's third. But like the idea that the Niners have told. I'm going to be on a podcast with freaking Lombardi tomorrow. Uh, I got to probably choose my delivery somewhat carefully because I don't and I don't want to like just completely, uh, you know, either embarrass myself or embarrass him. But yeah, but like the idea that you that anyone knows 90 percent is tough for me to swallow just because San Francisco was so, so smooth at disinformation. Uh, the last couple of draft cycles, um, I you know the the fact that some people think like oh they haven't made their decision uh, you know I think that's you know I they have but I don't think anyone really knows but we'll see um, anyway it's it's funny too because it's such a pivotal position in the draft obviously if Fields is available at four there's more incentive for teams to trade up to the Atlanta slot um, however you know they, I guess. It's another tough one because you would. You, what do you guys have uh, um, pits at right now? Four and a half, five, uh, five and a half, juice. Five and a half, juice under. Yeah, is yeah. are you start, it, That feels like one that the house might lose on. Um, we're actually pretty split on that one. I think that's really one, that's one of the props that we're getting two way on that we're actually earning to. Interesting, interesting. So. Somebody out there is postulating yeah. their to go over five and a half. What has to happen is Jones has to go three, Fields has to get traded up in two for four, or Atlanta has to take a QB. Uh, yeah, I think for I think the most likely scenario for him to slip past five is someone trading up for a quarterback at four. Yeah, and then Cincinnati probably taking the tackle at five. Yeah, tackle or chase, I guess, gives them right. that gives pits to the Dolphins, which would be wild. That would hurt me. <laughs> I gotta say, I have that a lot would, of pits. Uh, I don't like I anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking. We're, I, I I need to prepare myself for a bad draft. I think I, after last year, almost every single freaking thing broke my way. I, regression. This could be a regression season for me with the draft. I need to start. Especially, yeah, myself. like <clears throat> really, like. There's a lot of things that are going to happen later in the first round that I feel like we're in really good spots for, but like sure. there's there's like a ten minute time frame of three, four, five that could be just an absolute backbreaker for us. <laughs> like it's just that little window. Like, Last five, year was like that too. If the Lions receivers had taken Tua, people yeah. were saying like Lions are, are serious. They might take yeah. Tua. If Tua had gone three last year, I would have been wiped. They would wipe the floor <laughs> with me last year. Um, okay. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, draft betting is fun because it is it is there's so much information there's so much disinformation out there, and you you read things that confirm your bias or go against it, and it just spins you emotionally. Anyway, um, this is all good stuff. The um, uh, what is your current read, current feel? What does the market feel about uh, Cincinnati at five? Is it does it fifty fifty right now between uh, Chase and I guess we're get we're assuming Sewell, but a tackle. Yeah, I think the the consensus is probably Sewell, but it's not strong enough that um, it's like a lock. I think his number is juiced over five and a half right now as well. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of possibilities there, but I think if if you put thirty mock traps together, Sewell is the number one consensus. Have you seen much movement on the? That's something we were talking about earlier today. Is the Slater market? Like there's now there's, and this is the thing, like we run into this so much this time of year, especially like basically like which Twitter accounts are full of shit and like, which <laughs> you know, which, which reporters are just going to say whatever somebody gives them, no matter if it's, it holds any water whatsoever. But I mean, there has been a lot of Slater talk and there's been a lot of, oh, this team likes Slater better than Sewell and, you know, Sewell sat out and Slater played well and. I don't. I don't know if there's enough smoke to make fire there, but like, have you seen a lot? Have, I guess have you guys had to move that one? Um, yeah, we actually have moved it over. Um, or I'm sorry, under. I I tried to open him low because um, I didn't want under bets on him. Actually, just yeah. because historically the tackles, even if they're unexpected, it's one of the tackles is going to slide to the top ten probably, and yeah. he's the most likely one. But yeah, we took a few under bets on him that I wasn't looking for and. That's kind of where we're at right now, but not a whole lot of action. Yeah. Uh, here's why tackles always surprise to the under. It's because it's a safe pick if you're a GM and you don't want to get fired. You, you, Because number one, you're like, oh, this guy's going to take a couple years to develop, so I don't really deserve the criticism for taking him and he didn't work <laughs> out year one. And then year two, he's like, he's playing pretty good. Yeah, it's like, yeah it, it, buys, it buys you more time at your job if you take uh you know a top tackle and um and uh, yeah so fundamentally it's a safer pick You're like oh, we got all this invested in this court you know quarterback we want to keep him upright you know he only plays good when he's a you know when he's got a clean pocket like it's gonna this is gonna have dividends for our whole team yeah but well, no, and, I, and they yeah. can point at this year's class too and like look at Werfs and wills and um whoever the guy is up in new york yeah. god who was he andrew whatever thompson he played andrew thomas yeah thomas that sort of was so bad i'm like that's such a bust and i mean all of those guys played better at the, at the end of the year than they did at the beginning of the year you could go point to that and be like you know look what tackles have done historically if you take them high and honestly it was we were surprised last year at how how many tackles didn't go in the top 10 like we were kind of yeah. We're thinking, oh, there's going to be a glut of these in the teens now, and of course there were, and it was a probably a good thing for Cleveland. They ended up getting second pick on tackles that was better than anything they could have expected. Let's stay on uh, on Slater for an inch minute here because you did something interesting. You put him at a flat ten, and it is still juiced to the under minus one seventy five to the under ten. I think that was pretty shrewd for a couple reasons. Um, number one, you look around the betting landscape and. Like, why would you come here and bet under 10 when you can go there and get 11 and a half or, you know, get, get I think there's, there's some, there's some places that, uh, um, I think he's 12 and a half somewhere too. Although I don't yeah. see how the giants take a tackle, but maybe they do. Um, but you know, 10 is an interesting one. It's a dead, no, it's a dead number at 12. It's, a, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, t t there could be I mean, trades. You don't know. Yeah. That, I guess that's, that's not crazy. Um, but, uh, what goes into the decision to actually move the index itself as opposed to just the juice? Um, and then uh, I guess, and then I'm curious, Andy, do you, you, I told you this, the biggest, the biggest bets that I've made this week have all been Slater bets. I'm under on Slater all over the place at pretty juicy numbers. Now um, I guess what went into the thought process of moving him to 10 um, and could you see him go even lower to say eight and a half? I mean, there was some, there was a pretty reliable Denver Broncos guy that was saying Slater, they had eyes for Slater at nine. Um, you, you know, could you see this continue to drift? Um, yeah, possibly. Um, like I said, we're moving pretty aggressive with every bet, like every limit bet from a sharp guy that comes in. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty new experience to me and uh, most of the people back there. So we're kind of learning as we go. We don't have like an exact science to this, but anyone inside like the top 10, I'm really trying to stay on numbers and not skip numbers to get middle opportunities. So 
Um, I just felt like it was the right move to 10 flat and uh, just, just use the under because you never know. The Cowboys, their offensive line at 10 is struggling. Like No one has said this, but you're so right. Yes. Well, every, everybody's been saying, you know, it's been cornerback, cornerback for every for a year. But if if things don't go out right and maybe somebody else jumps up or there's a defensive player taken before that, like they, the Cowboys have a few different needs. That wouldn't hurt. So that would be interesting. That would really throw a lot of – that would throw a lot of wrenches into like the Eagles pick and a few other things. That would be super. I, I kind of want that to happen, though. I mean, you would work out for me. I, it is I, I, okay. Now, again, we've been over this a billion times. Bookmakers don't lay traps, but Sertan at 10 and a half, even flat juice, that's a trap. <laughs> right? Like, uh, <laughs> honestly, if you look at like any of the kind of the draft aggregating sites, because there's a shitload of them now that aggregate all these mock drafts, and you know, you look at them and you're like, who, you know, what's consensus across the expert landscape, right? And it's like 99% Lawrence one, 95% Wilson two, and then it's 30% or 40% for everything. And then you get to 10 and it's like, oh, 80% have Sertan going 10 to the Cowboys. And it's like, has Jerry Jones been on TV, like baiting his chest saying that Sertan is the next great cornerback? Like, like how in the world are we connecting these dots here? Is because... You know, the, presumably they could have eyes for Horn at cornerback. They could have eyes for a different position. They might want a pass rusher. Who the hell knows? You know, cornerbacks do not make an immediate impact in the NFL. We know this now. Everyone knows this. You know, Jerry Jones knows this. He's drafted a couple of cornerbacks early in drafts, and that didn't make an impact in their first and second years. He let Claiborne go. He let Byron Jones go via free agency. Like you know, he's been through the you know to this rodeo. He may choose pass rusher. Um, I guess have you seen one way action and not move the number on Sertan under ten and a half? Well, first of all, I don't know how to set a trap. I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> we have to clip this part to convince people. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I hung ten and a half, and um, the Cowboys are a popular mock draft spot for him. Um, but I don't want to get stuck on something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you think the Cowboys are going to take him, it's a coin flip. And if you don't think the Cowboys are going to take him, maybe the Panthers at eight. I've seen that in a couple mock drafts or maybe the Broncos. I don't know. But I just think there's a lot of variance that like these mock drafts get comfortable with something like that that makes sense to them and they get lazy and they just want to move on to the next one and do something crazy. I think that's yeah, what and, said. Yeah, and a lot of things happen in the – I think the six, seven, eight, nine spots can get. If anything weird happens there, you can see Sertain. Cowboys could trade out. Yeah, somebody might go up to that spot for a quarterback. Why not? I really think. I really think he might end up being an Eagle, just because. <laughs> just because I have. I just because I. I would love. That seems like the one that everybody bet. Like, oh, we're betting. Oh, it's yeah. going to the Cowboys. Like everybody oh, yeah, yeah, on Twitter yeah. has this bet already. I'm like, I'd kind of like to see that one blow up a little. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be about that one. Yeah, I would. No, I'm, I, I'm fine with that. I, I uh, have some horn top corner, so I'd I'd like that as well. I've horn. I have some horn top defender. That would yeah, be. Yeah, it was like eight be, to eight or ten to one on that. So that was. Uh, nice, he's nice. going. Um, I guess so. Does coming up with a number like ten and a half for uh, for Sertan that plays more into your evaluation of the Cowboys' needs, right? Um. Yeah. Somewhat. I mean, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to get stuck on a mock draft at ten when. Uh, I mean, when when it's the top five or six guys, it seems like it's pretty like made up until something crazy happens. But you never see the mock drafts stay accurate after that, really. Hmm. Have the Detroit Lions been the toughest team for you to pin down as well? In the they top have, ten, they have for the second team. straight year, <laughs> right? Because they need every single position. They're they're a tr- they're a trade uh, prospect. They could trade up. They could trade down. You just have no idea what they're going to do. Um, I think wide receiver was a popular mock draft for them. Um, but hey, when you look at their depth chart, you can't help but think they're going to end up with some wide receiver in this draft, maybe too. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like I saw a lot of Devontae Smith to them, a lot of Jalen Waddle, and like you see their totals at 11 and a half. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, uh, I tried not to get too, uh, too lenient or leaned on like a position that they could be taken. I'm trying to just stay open and let the betters tell me where to go with that one. 
Mm. That's yeah. That's probably the. <clears throat> I still have not made up my mind on that. And you know, all the things you mentioned about Detroit being a trade candidate, having the roster that they do, and needing multiple positions. Like we didn't even get to. They might have a questionable front office based off their coaching hire. Like they might just not be that smart. So like they could be a complete wild card at this point. So it's. And I, <laughs> it's I think if I, most of the mocks like. Uh, the mocks are very split on this, but a lot of it is Smith, Chase, Waddle. Uh, I've seen a few with Penny Sewell. I guess doesn't hurt. I they could use everything. Like there's even mocks that have them taking a quarterback, which again I'm fine with that too. You could use you could use anything like that. So I think we talk about three, four, five being so pivotal. Detroit's might truly be the pivotal one when they just make some wild ass pick. And I like I like your a prop on them though. Will Lions first pick be a wide receiver? Yes, no. Minus one twenty five to the no. Yeah. So I did. I, I did might have my wide name receiver there, but I'm not. Like I said, I'm not stuck on it at all. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, the, is there a, a pick or a prop that's aimed at the top 10 that you were expecting to see lots of action on and it's just been kind of ignored or kind of overlooked? Um, one of the guys that I've kind of seen all over is Micah Parsons, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've seen him go as high as seven or eight to like, a, I think the Panthers or Broncos are pretty popular uh, destinations for him. And then I see him slide all the way to 2018. 20, so yeah, I, I hung him, I think 11 and a half. I think we got to overbet and it hasn't, it hasn't got a whole lot of action since then. I thought that would be a pretty opinionated one. Interesting. It kind of has been just in the Twitter sphere. Like there's, I mean, there's been plenty of talking heads talking about him falling. You would have thought I would have thought you'd taken more over bets on that, especially at that number. We've seen that one bumper. I'm just just the scuttlebutt. It's we're not quite to that point. We're finally at like the week before. This is when you get the the reports like, oh, this is kind of a character guy. Like I'm hearing that from inside this in inside this war room. He might have uh he might have some maturity issues or you know, like the surprise injury like five days before too, or somebody has epilepsy. Christ's sakes, like that's it's just like there's always something like that they throw at us a week out. Like, what are we doing? With, uh, nobody knew about this before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which, I saw, hopefully he's fine. Yeah. I, I saw a rap report come across my Twitter timeline today saying Justin Fields has epilepsy. And I was like, shit, I had to pull all the quarterbacks until I figured out if this is like news or if, if I'm just now seeing it. But if it came from Rappaport, it's FUD. It's FUD. <laughs> That's my opinion, personally. Yeah, um, and not stuff. just because it's about fields. Um, okay. Uh, have you made, have you moved, you? so you're actively moving the market then based on your own um, kind of curating of news and information? Um, somewhat. I'm trying not to okay. move too many things around, but like, for example, Terrace Chait, or t- what's his name, Terrace Marshall? Terrence the guy, Marshall. the second wide receiver. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. The wide yeah, receiver they, from LSU, Marshall, yeah. yeah. Now they say he has medical issues, so he was a popular overbet today. He was a popular underbet a couple days ago, so that's yeah. another one that we've got pretty decent two-way. We have Ooh. a decent chance to get middled there, or you could soar to the third round. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. The, um, so, so, I mean, so you're saying, like, if the news was important enough, you'd move on air? Or you'd move on the news. Rather, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have to take a bet if news was big enough on an injury. Or you just. Or you would. You still just break, put it back up and let the market decide. Um, kind of both. If it's something major, like a Laramie Tunsil situation, maybe. Um, <laughs> I think sure. I'd just pull it, and I don't even know if I'd put it back up. But <laughs> that's that's probably right, the right move. Close, close it. Yep. yep. We're done with him. Yeah, we're done. We'll <laughs> yep. see how it goes. That's interesting. <laughs> But, um, um, yeah, like, for example, Marshall today, obviously the betters are usually going to get the news before we do. So I see two guys bet him over after he'd been a popular under thing, and you instantly know something something just broke or someone gave it out as a play or something. So sure enough, I check Twitter, and he has medical issues. And so I inch him up a little bit more. But um, And Devontae Smith today, he was a popular one because he weighed in. His weigh-in was 66 pounds. Yeah. So I, I moved him up on air and still got an over bet, so I felt good about that. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, that's interesting. This is fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it would have to be 
like if there was big news like that, and there's always stuff that comes out, like you know what you're gonna take. That is interesting though that you can, like you know what's gonna go in your Twitter search bar based on the last three bets you took. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just I just got like three limit bets on one guy on the same side. I need to quick do a Google Google News on this guy. Do you wait for two, or do you after every limit bet that comes through, or are you kind of just keeping it on one thing? Um. I don't really check Twitter on every bet like that, but sure. if, if I do get two or three bets on the same guy, then I'm going to try to find out why they're doing it or where this news is coming from. Um, it, it's all it, definitely it. correlated when the market's been open for three or four days and two guys <laughs> bet it within five minutes. Do you ever do any butter, butterfly effect stuff on, a, on something like um, on Mar the Marshall news? Because if you're getting two limit bets that Marshall might slide, presumably Bateman may go up. Right, like there may be a priority now on whoever that fourth wide receiver is. You're starting to crystallize. Bateman might be number four, right? Like potentially that right. one might be. Do you ever do a butterfly effect or a balancing like that across positional players? I, I did with Bateman today. Actually, I, I moved him small, maybe one spot, and then um, same with the quarterback situation. When we got all these fields bets, I started juicing the other guys under a little bit. So things that I know are very correlated like that. Um, I'll try to like kind of take a shot and make the right move and on air but uh those are two pretty specific situations i can't really think of another one that i would do that on right now that gets tricky that's almost like delving into the world of managing a future book and i can't remember who i heard on a podcast talking about it, it might have been like maybe just somebody was talking or an interview with like jeff davis or somebody was talking about future books and like what a pain in the ass that is compared to just a, a you know like a two-way market when you especially training somebody else to figure that out because like what, what drew said there there's things if you move something you you almost have to move something else in a book like that unless you're just gonna be an asshole and increase the hold which obviously you guys are pretty famous for going the other direction with that but uh yeah i mean we've seen that in a lot of preseason NFL markets where some offshores that we won't name, like their hold just goes one direction on MVPs. <laughs> I remember, I can't remember the two boys got bet to beat the band and MVP and nobody else changed. Like, well, you, your hold yeah. just went up like 10%. Like this sucks. Yeah. I'm betting this now, but and it is interesting because you can't do that on everything. But I suppose when you do have some correlated things, like there's going to be four receivers, probably five in the first round. If somebody falls, somebody's got a backfill there. Otherwise things get real weird. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're actually really big on raising our hold from another guy as soon as we lower a guy, because I mean, Matt Metcalf has kind of taught me that it's the only way to get off liability is to take a bet on another guy. So yeah, if I take a bet on one guy, you raise the next guy and try to get extra action. And that's what the hold does is kind of, gets you your earn off of that i like you, it you see all the shops in town um like you guys said golf is a big one oh, all the favorites will get tanked down the on monday morning and then no one else gets raised by wednesday so it's like who's gonna bet at this place after that <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, go, they go from a they go from a 30 percent to like a 45 percent over the course of a week in a golf tournament it's like well shit that's like you, you have to be early and then if you're early you don't have as much information it kind of takes the starch out of it and right. golf, golf's a really good example for that because that's so tough. There's guys that just get hammered on Monday and you see them move. Even at some of the offshores I respect, there's some movement you don't see the other direction sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so there are a couple of interesting specific props that uh, we'll give you. We'll give you, You've given us all this free time. We'll give you some free alpha at the end of this uh, of a couple that are going to go that are going to go one way or the other. But uh, but a couple. But a, a key question, I guess, I have for you. Let's say, you know, there are a couple of mock drafters across the space that have more connections, more insight, better, um, you know, better information. Period. Right, and betters will take action depending on who they you know who they slot where. Right. Um, Daniel Jeremiah is good. You know, is probably a guy that comes to mind from his mock drafts last couple of years. I've seen that get posted and numbers will start moving. Uh, similarly, Pete Schrager, uh, when he, he's his mock drafts earlier, kind of blah, but then they get good, you know, like right at the end. Um, are you do you have a sense of when those guys are going to release their information? Are you, you know, you got a Google alert like, hey, this article just got posted. Let's see what how this is different because you want to be able to anticipate information or, or anticipate action um, or 
anything that any mock drafter has to say is just we get to write more bets. Let's go. Yeah, I, I, I try not to listen to anyone in particular um, until there's some sort of consensus. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've I've looked at every mock draft in the world probably in the last two weeks. <laughs> so every every morning I'll check Google and see who came up with the mock draft today. But I'm usually it's not like high on my priority list. So if I see a, a guy get bet under, um, then I go look at a mock draft that came out today from one of those popular guys, and sure enough, all of a sudden Travis Etienne, whatever his name is, is in the first round. I'm like, oh, okay, that's probably why these guys are betting him under. I like it. Uh, have you got, got some sort of consensus of, or like get a feel for what the sharper players are using as sort of their weather vane this season? Um, I, I, I saw a lot of, you know, how many times was this the athletic uh, big board passed around today, Andy? You see, you see I saw a that. lot. Yeah. I saw and that's, that's times. the thing too. There, there are some that just like come out like, especially a week ago or even further out where it's like, this is truly not what they believe. This is horse shit on paper. They've put this out to get clicks. They've put this out to get to get they, they I mean they love to get quote tweeted and say like, oh, this asshole says this guy's going third. Like that's just more clicks, more exposure. Like that's the mocks of like two weeks ago. Like we're finally getting into the the area where like the Schrager stuff and some of the other ones are a little more crystallized based off actual insider knowledge, actual connections to some people within teams. Like you know, so some of these moves that you're seeing now, I mean, do you think that affects the betting? I don't even want to say the betting public because I don't know how much real public money you're taking this far out. I know you'd say you're getting a lot of limit bets. I kind of imagine that's not all public money. But, I mean, do you think some of these box, do you ever see these affecting, like, your betting clientele right now? Um, I think they definitely are. I'm not following them as closely as I probably should be, but – um, like there's like every day there's a couple guys that like several guys will try to bet. So they're all getting the same info. And um, I don't know if it's a mock draft or if there's a, a sharp guy giving out plays or info or I'm trying to follow it. But um, like I said, I I'm not going to move a guy in air because a new mock draft came out. So I kind of let the bets come in first. Are you guys taking full limit on the app too? Yes. Or are these all counter bets? So, yeah. so you're mostly getting app bets or what? Yeah, for the most part, um, a lot we get a lot of random guys that we've never heard of coming through for the counter. And like when they're when you have a guy you've never heard of placing limit bet on the NFL draft over the counter, you kind of have to treat it like a sharp bet, just because <laughs> it's not like a it's not like anyone you have to be a, a sharp sports better to know NFL information like that. So sure, if he gets resistance, then good for us. But if it keeps going, then that guy probably had some good info and. You just got to respect the money. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's different than some guy with a bunch of money being there for the rodeo and betting the NFL that weekend, like putting a grand on the Cowboys. But, like, well, look at his boots. He's from Dallas. Like, right. you know, it's it's a way different $1,000 bet. So, yeah. I guess that, that makes a ton of sense, <laughs> even if it is some rando. It's in, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's been five, four days since you guys hung the 100. At a thousand limits, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Monday. Okay, so yeah, not, not even that much time. And some of these have moved a lot. Oh yeah, uh, is uh, <laughs> is there one that you wish you could have back? Uh, and why is it uh, Farley uh, fourteen and a half? <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, <laughs> that's not even the worst one at all. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would say the, the one that we've moved the most by percentage and total numbers is definitely David Mill, Davis Mills, uh, the quarterback from Stanford. We opened him at like 140 and a half, and he's down to 60 and a half. So he's been, he's been Never most heard popular. Of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> you might be fine on that. I think you might be, honestly. I mean, there was like one whiff of like, uh, the Bucks are kind of interested in him, which means he could go 32 or 64. Or well, they re- 90, they re-signed that guy that held Brady back when he was all fucked up. Like the uh, other quarterback. Blaine, so, Blaine Gabbert is back, right? I think I think they have a full quarterback room. Honestly, the, the quarterback market, and we've talked to a couple people about this, it could be real ugly after the first few. Like maybe a real barren day two. So that'd be good for you. Yeah, the what was the other one that uh dropped big? <clears throat> trying to uh, think besides uh kellen mon 
Oh yeah. We had talked about him a little during the season and then we kind of watched him play and like, Oh Christ. Like we're not good evaluators of college quarterbacks as it is. Yeah. I was a really big Josh Rosen guy. So I've just kind of retired off that. I'll just continue to use that as my reason for retiring, but. And things can still get weird. What was Baker to go number one like a week before the draft? Uh, 20 to 20 20 to 1? 20 to 25 to 1? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 quarterback evaluation is so, it's, um, it's laughable because so much of it boils down to situation, in my opinion. I mean, talent is 50% of the name of the game, but the other 50% is where you land and how that, team how those offensive uh offensive minds can develop you as a player and you know prepare you for the pro level like i mean there's a reason that tom brady went in the sixth round like he didn't have the physical tools but you know he you know he gets paired with a guy as smart as belichick and some of the other offensive minds that came through the patriot system and the rest is history so and and his dietitian yeah right well alex guerrero is uh is a very (laughs) very um capable guy i guess we'll say um okay so uh the only one you wish you could add or the one you wish you'd add back the most would be mills you think he's he's the most one-sided and um that's moved the most and has the most money on one side but kellen mond is in the same area i'm not i don't necessarily regret opening him that high i mean i probably could have opened him a little lower but i think the range that they're bet down to right now i wouldn't i would much rather have the under money than the over money Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm with Andy. I think quarterback class is soft this year. There's a, there's a lot of good capable backups out there, um, and yeah, it, I, I I have a tough time seeing teams really reaching in the third fourth round, especially because because the defense because of just the way that the draft is this year. Like there's so many good legit round one talents on offense, not many on defense. So there's going to be a lot of incentive to just fire away on defensive players in rounds two and three and just see, hope you get lucky. Like that seems like the, that's the whiff I'm getting at least. Um, and I mean, just the fact that the over under on offensive players is up to 18 and a half is I think indicative of that. Um, okay. Uh, any, any, um, are there any bets where you feel like you guys have pretty clearly already taken the players money? <laughs> uh, where, where are you going to clean up? Yeah. What's the cleanup bet? What's the cleanup? Bet? What's the, uh, the opposite of the, uh, uh, of the Caleb Farley bet. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not confident enough to tell you that we're going to win on any of these. Otherwise, I wouldn't move them. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, we kind of put we kind of put you in a box there. That was a bad thing. I, you know, you can answer that question in a week. You can tell us. Uh, you can announce it like we killed some people on this one. It's going to be painfully apparent. Like somebody's going to go oh, yeah. in a weird spot and be like, "Oh boy!" Like that went. <laughs> you know, it went from like 14 to 10 to 12 or something, and he goes like 26. Like there's going to be a few. There, I mean, it just. There's a limited number of spots. Somebody said this to us the other day in a chat we were having. He's like, I realized something last year. He's like, I had bet so many unders. It's like, Christ, they can't all go top 15. This yeah. is just, there's, there's, I bet too many players. Like, literally, there's only, there's a finite amount of spots. So I, I wonder, too, you could probably shade things a little that way, especially in the first round. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction that you are going to clean up on unders in general. Any player that you are tilted to the under, I think is a good bet for the house in general, because as Andy mentioned, I think have people have a tendency to zero in on a player. They're like, this guy's going to be a great pro. I know it. I've heard people, teams or people are buzzing about him. Uh, he's going to get picked earlier than people realize. Uh, but you know, there's, there's only so many slots and well, every, um, every weird pick you get, like what you're cheering for, especially if you are overweight on some unders, Yeah, like every time somebody does like a third round kicker, or Mayock takes uh, Cleveland Farrell, yeah, fourth overall. Any, right. Not only, not <laughs> only is it good, yeah, it's it's correlated good for every single under you have from there on out. Like, oh, man, somebody just reached, like, two or three yeah. people. Like, somebody just took a punter. Everything you know is coming up. Everything's coming up, Dylan. And you know what else? This year, there is less clear stratification than any other year we've ever been doing this. Because there has been less consensus building through the process of uh, no, the no Indy Combine. combine. Yeah. Uh, and there are for sure, you know, I, I, although I can tell you this, and I'm sorry sorry to bust this bubble for you, 
Seattle doesn't have a first round pick, so you lost one of your potential just totally insane wild card first rounders. Sorry, um, but you know, in, but in general, uh, you know, there's going to be the Seattle type stuff that happens where a guy no one's ever heard of goes in the first round, and every one of those that you get is going to be pretty advantageous, I think, for the house, um, which is pretty fun. So, okay, yeah, I What's totally, that? I totally agree. As things stand, we'll wrap up here. Thank you for your time. But yeah, as things stand today, um, what is like what is the what is a realistic sort of best outcome for you guys in, in just sort of the top six? Um, as it stands right now, I think we definitely want fields to go three. Um, I, think, I think it would be good for us if if someone trades up for a quarterback and kind of gets some dominoes falling and some weird things happening because there's so much consensus on like the Sewell, Pitts, Chase guys that we're going to have a liability on all those guys to go where they're expected to go. Sure. So I think just anything yeah. weird happening after four or five would be good for us. And then, like yeah, you said, a, quarter, if, a quarterback at four would crush yeah. one of the three unders that you're going to be exposed on on four, five, six. So like yeah. you right. automatically win one. And, and, the, because, and the uh, you probably have some overexposure on Mac at nine. That's a big, I, I, although I got to tell you, man, that caught my attention right right away because I gotta tell you, Mac over nine is plus two thirty. That is asking for a bet. It really is because <laughs> nobody wants it. I know I I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Similarly, Trey Lance over six and a half at plus money is wild too. I'm, like, only, I'm only twelve hours from Colorado. Are these up in Colorado? They are up in Colorado. Okay. Nice. And in Colorado, nice. they get to stay up until the actual day of the draft too. Oh, really? Yes. Well, that's, oh, that's good cool. info for anybody who's stuck it out. That's, that's uh, cool. Just drive. I, I, it's not like we haven't known someone to drive up to Colorado to bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's your pro team? Are you a Raiders guy? Um, I'm a Boston guy, so Patriots. Who do you want to pay? What do you? What do you? What are you going to be secretly cheering for if the Patriots do at 15? Uh, and what will you be secretly very upset about? Um, to be completely honest, as a Patriots fan, I stopped caring because. Every time they do something that I think is good, the guy's a bust. And every time they take a guy I've never heard of, that's the next star. So you, you just got to let Belichick do his thing and see what happens in like four years. Mm. That's fair. That's it's, kind of boring. You, it's boring for draft day, but. It, did you so, put a, a prop they don't, about they don't will really the Patriots do trade well out of the, the 15th drafts. pick? Like they do well in free agency and trading. Like the draft is an afterthought for Billy. Put a dog in charge of it. <laughs> what was the Patriots special prop? Let me find it. Uh, I believe I just did offense, offense, offense or defense. defense. Yeah. Okay. Um, you didn't. You didn't think of putting up. Uh, will Will the Patriots trade out of the fifteenth pick? No, I didn't want to do any type of trade props or anything like that. I think it's a little too confusing. That's a good sure. point. That's a good point. Um, it feels like they'll trade one way or the other. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you won't secretly be disappointed if they end up with Lancer Jones. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I really don't have an opinion. I, I'm, I would like for them to get a quarterback that they can try to grow with like, other than Cam Newton, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not a scout. I don't know if these guys are going to be any good. Okay. Bill figured well, out. That's how I hope they, I, I've, I've, I've convinced myself. And again, you know, this is optimistic thinking. I've convinced myself that, uh, Trey Lance falls to falls to them at 15 and uh, that Mac Jones falls to the Bears at 20. And then we all get to have good laughs about both of those picks in the next five years. It'll be good. For sure. I, I think there's a good chance yeah. one of them falls out of the top 10. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think so, too. I would I would like Jones. I, I don't wish anyone ill will, but I would like Jones to fall to the Bears at 20 um, because there was a lot of people that were beating their chests about having a Jones under 19 and a half when limits were like $50. Uh, at the offshores, and they're like, "Yes, I had Ben Jones under nineteen and a half. You can, you yeah. can read, you can read that every time three and a half, and it's like you bet fifty dollars. Yeah, congratulations! Like, you, know. you could bet a hundred if you had Lovig too. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. And you can, <laughs> that's a good you, point. They did. They kept moving it too. It was. It they went did, from yeah. like eighteen or nineteen to eighteen to seventeen, and just yeah. I saw. It. I saw. Yeah, that that one went the whole way. Yeah, so, but there was no. Re, but there were no rebets, so that no, was no all. Rebets. Different people, fifty dollars a time. Yeah, fifty bucks at a time. <laughs> making rent, time. making rent the hard way. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, all right. Yep. All right, good deal. Ken, awesome. Um, Thanks for your time, man. Oh, I forgot. I had one more quick question. All right, you're running. You're running over the eight o'clock. Is there hour. someone that did especially well 
last year during the draft, like a player that you have in the index that you're like, he hasn't shown up to put his bets, his action in yet. Like <laughs> we're a little concerned what's going to happen when this guy shows up. Um, not exactly. Um, like I said, I wasn't even in the back room okay. uh, at this point last year. And I know that we've already written a lot more than we wrote all of last year. Um, yes. So, yes. It, so yeah, there's no one that we're exactly waiting for or worried about popping in, but uh, I definitely expect a lot of action in the next week. Cool. I love it, man. All right. Well, best of luck. Thanks, you. Thanks for your time. It was great to great to get to meet you and hear a little bit about the process. I learned some stuff today. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, I'll drop you a note and see how things went for the book. And uh, again, congratulations and thanks to Circa for uh, for really making all this happen. Because um, I have no idea if we were actually ever going to see more than just you know the standard eight props, low limits. If somebody hadn't waded into the water and really kind of accelerated the process. So appreciate you guys doing this. For sure. Hopefully it kind of changes the market going forward. Oh, I love it. This should be an event like the Super Bowl props. Why not? I don't understand. Well, well next year <laughs> the draft is going to be in Vegas. So I think everyone's going to have a lot of pressure. To boost okay. So this, so you guys have gotten very valuable experience then because yeah. next year it's going to be, it's going to be, it is going to be an event. And it'll be, and it'll be and a little we'll, more open. Yeah, and we'll be there. Hopefully the we'll, we'll, yeah, the palms yeah. might even open the restaurants. <laughs> we'll be we'll be there. We'll be there, and I'll use a, one of my uh, my circa vouchers and, and buy you a drink. That'll be fun. Awesome, sounds good. Uh, All right. thanks for having me on. Take care, man. Yeah, take care, guys. We kind of have to go to the draft, don't we now? I'll be there next year. Like, I don't want to actually be in the room booing Goodell. No, no, I want to be I at Circus. Want, no, I, I want, want to be at Circus yeah, well, st- st- Stadium. It'll, it'll be 100%. too cold for the pool. I'm definitely going in. I want to be at Circus Stadium. Although, it, there's been the many stadium. March Madness swim, where swim, I've been. Swim, stadium, swim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Diet starts awesome. today.